My name is Luke, and this is a KNN Quickie. It should be no secret that I absolutely adore Game of Thrones. Recently, my good friend informed me that he still has not seen the show. He is a very busy person, but he showed a lot of interest in watching. So now, once a week, a bunch of my good friends and I get together and we watch one or two episodes and then walk my friend through his emotions about the show, as it can be hard coping with them on your first viewing. He has started to fall in love with it as well and looks eagerly toward the next time we get to watch an episode. With this, I took an opportunity to start reading the Game of Thrones books as well and read them along with the show as we go along. Now, I understand that this is going to get harder and harder as time goes on with the show, but I'm still going to go do it, and I'm going to enjoy doing it very much. I also understand that nothing is without flaw, and that no show is without sin. And so today, I want to talk about something very important to me when it comes to stories. Action and consequence. Something that Game of Thrones has spent five books and six television series drilling into our brain. Our actions have consequences, and in the Game of Thrones, the smallest action can lead to the biggest consequence. This has been an integral part of Game of Thrones since its conception, and so it's strange to me that this theme that George R. R. Martin spent so long sewing the fabric into the story has been ripped out and thrown on the ground in Season 7 of Game of Thrones. And for a show that prides itself on breaking all the fantasy tropes and instead replacing them with unexpected twists and turns, to see it turn for a more conventional fantasy is sort of heartbreaking. This is to no fault of the show writers their own. The Double Ds, David Benioff and Dan Weiss, were sort of stranded for Season 7 of Game of Thrones. George R. R. Martin had only some main points to guide these two for Season 7. I'm also not blaming R. R. Martin for this. We wanted more Game of Thrones, so they gave it to us. But it did seem like people's actions did not hold any weight in the world this season. Main characters would get stomped on and nearly killed by flaming giant zombie bears, drowning, dragons, white walkers, or themselves, or their enemies, countless times. But none of them did. In fact, the most memorable death in Season 7 was Littlefinger Baelish. And that to me is a shame, because he could have played a crucial part in the war still to come. Just have all the strings and can pluck them at his will. So how did he not see his own death coming? Ironic. Could save others from death, but not himself. I mean, when he got to Winterfell, he got continuously threatened by Jon, Sansa, Arya, Brienne, Bran, just about everyone. Why did he not get the hell out of Dodge when this threatening started to happen? Well, because he either wanted to die, or, more likely, actions did not have consequences in this season. What was the consequence of Jon choking Littlefinger and threatening him to leave? Baelish stays. What about when Bran does creepy Bran things and tells Baelish something that he could not have possibly known? Baelish stays. It didn't make a lot of sense. <sighs> Alright, with Peter out of the way, I can get into the meat of this talk. Peter Baelish's death was kind of an obscure way of thinking about action and consequences. But the two big ones that really bring this into the light were the loot train attack and Jamie's decisions in the loot train attack. Let's start with the loot train attack itself. It served no purpose other than to show off Danny's dragons, which was badass, the scene was amazing, but no one important dies in that scene, Drogon is barely gets scathed, Jaime, Tyrion, Danny, and Bronn are all in the same place at the same time, and they all live? It seemed kind of strange to me, and there are no consequences to it at all. 
Neither side loses, neither side wins. All the money even gets into King's Landing, so no one got hit by this at all. It just seems strange to me, and it seemed like a special effects showdown. And after all that happened, Jamie decides to be the hero of the day and charge at Danny on horseback. A really cool scene for Jamie. But he nearly gets himself torched to death. Nearly. He then gets knocked into the water by Braun, and they both somehow make it out of there alive. And not captured? Danny was standing right there. Surely she would have thought, oh look, it's the Kingslayer. If I capture him, that would make a big difference in persuading Cersei. I think that would have been so cool. Even as I was watching this episode and that happened, I thought, shit, now Jamie is captured. What the hell is Cersei gonna do now? But no one's action served any consequences in this scene, and that was kind of a bummer. <sighs> Alright, with that out of the way, I want to end by saying once again how much I freaking love everything about this story. The books are shockingly wonderful, and the show is so good, I want to shout it from the rooftops. And it's not because I am upset with the show that makes me want to say these critiques, but it is out of a deep love and appreciation for them that I feel comfortable and confident about showing some of its flaws, and I eagerly await for the final season of Game of Thrones in 2019, most likely pushed back to 2020. I just hope they add some of the edge back to the show that was once so central to making it my favorite show of all time. And I know that they are more than up for that task. Now I should get going. Someone recorded over my hour-long talk about how much I love Jeremy Clarkson. Thanks for listening. Well, here we are. That was a really fun episode to do. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. I'm such a big fan of Game of Thrones. It was really exciting to to do a little research into uh, what makes that show tick and some of the things that I'd love for them to change for the future. So, if you guys like this podcast, you can find us on our social medias on Twitter at KNNerds. You can find us on Facebook at KnowNothingNerds or Facebook.com forward slash KnowNothingNerds. Uh, and you can also email us at knownothingnerds at gmail.com. We are everywhere where you find podcasts, soon to be Spotify, if you guys click the share button. Uh, if you guys are like, dang, I love this podcast, I wish they would do more with it, or I wish the production value was higher, uh, tell your friends about it and get some more people in here. That'll make a big difference for us. Uh, and if you don't like it and you're like, man, this show could be so much better, tell your friends about it. Because the more people we get in here, the better the podcast will get. I promise you that. This week's episode was written by me, Luke Westcott, and it was also edited by me. The song that plays throughout is A Night of Dizzying Spells by Eric Skiff, and the song you hear right now is Electric Mantis Daybreak. Uh, both pretty good songs. Next week, we are kind of doing a random stream of Conscious, and the week after that is going to be another canon quickie. Thanks for listening, and have a good week. <laughs>